You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. It's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal it's football. I am Tim Capper, along with, I think he's still my co-host, Cliffy D. You are, right? You know, uh, 100%. I'm not going anywhere, man. This is this is our gig. This is our, our scene. We're, I'm, I'm not giving up this seat anytime soon. Good. Good. Mask or not, right? Mask or not. I, I don't care. You, you tell me where to be, I will be there. And I think that's... That's what makes the show so great is that we've got this. Like this is our this is our jam. And you know, <laughs> no one's gonna take this away from us as far as I'm concerned. Hey, I, I guess the good thing about recent uh, news is it's I think it's a couple of weeks old, but anyways, but still the Alouettes finally announcing the the plane for uh you know their 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 continued partnership along with Nolanor. Oh yeah. dude, if we didn't have COVID right now. Oh man, yeah, because we were one of our plans was to get onto that plane and do a podcast there, and we'd still like to be able to do that. But I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the truth: I don't feel comfortable getting on any plane right now. So, you know, maybe one day we'll be able to do that. And they did sign; they did mention that the Alouettes are going to be that's going to be their sponsor for the next ten years. So, I mean, we've got ten years to do it in theory, right? Yeah, so, yeah. No, I'm, there's I'm, no rush. I'm just looking. I'm just looking forward to the. Uh, to the photo shoot because then I can uh, take one of those Instagram pictures and make everybody think that I'm flying on a jet. Absolutely. <laughs> Walk on the tarmac. I tell you, man, there's nothing like it. It's yeah. I may not be flying anywhere, but, uh, Hey, it, it's not fake. It's not a fake picture at all. I don't know what you're talking about. No. And to be able to say that the Alouette's flight deck is going to be on an actual flight deck. I can't think of anything cooler than that. Dude, that would be cool, man. Ah. Oh. Guys, if you guys are knowing or are listening to us, come on, uh, you can add us. You know, yeah, add, there you go. Alouette's FL deck. We want to get something set up, whether it be for now or for the near for the near future. Like I said, we're not going anywhere. We have we've been kind of silent, uh, like the rest of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. But uh, no, we're we're not going anywhere. We're not going very far, but we're not going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a while since we had our last show. <laughs> it really has. Yeah. Been and more- the the top the topic was a bit of a bummer because we pretty much talked about the fact that the CFL season was canceled, and there really hasn't been a whole lot of positive news since. I mean, maybe this is one of those instances where no news is good news, but I mean, things have been kind of quiet. You know how much I disagree with that 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 that's that statement. Uh, I, I know it's it's tough, but I mean, what do we do? But we can we we can control what we can control, Tim. And if I were commissioner, I'd try to keep us. I'd try to keep us re- to keep the league relevant. I really would. It would be nice. Uh, I, I, you know, get people talk. You know, keep keep the name CFL on everybody's lips and keep keep people thinking about the league would be a, a, a great thing to do if you, if you were the commissioner. But yeah. you know. I mean, I mean, the CFL, the CFL can only post so much about Mapletron. Yeah, I mean, 
boy, that's, I mean, that's great. I mean, like all these, uh, you know, former CFLers that, uh, you know, have a moderate success in the NFL or Canadian born players, yeah. uh, you know, making it in the NFL, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Anytime anything Canada does successfully on an international scale, I'm all for that. And he's, you know, and he's on my team. <laughs> Listen, I, if, if you're Steelers Nation, man, like uh, when Big Ben is, you know, singing Chase Claypool's praises, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a much better endorsement than that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. What makes me laugh too, like, like where where did Juju Smith-Schuster go? I know. Such is, a Is he still flip. on the team? Like, just, yeah, just, just, it's weird. It's just a total flip because, you know, Big Ben's back and, I, you know, this season and then they... Anyway, that we're not an NFL thing, we're not an NFL no. show. But but it, yeah, but, but still, prop, props to to Mapletron, which is a terrible nickname, but okay. you know, yeah, it'll well, make I, it work. Well, they said on this week's on this week's uh, broadcast that he wanted to be called Aired Canada, but uh, that's taken by two people, kind of. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously Vince Carter, but Officer Officer Air Canada does that? I don't does does. Is that is that on Brandon Bridges? Is that on his uh, his, uh, his badge? His police badge? It, you know, if it's not, it should be. I would totally do that. Yeah. Officer Air Canada. Yeah. I would totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess the one we we were able to to bring in an alouette, uh, to get a hold of an alouette and and talk about what's happening this season and. Uh, what well, was not happening this season and how, how he is dealing with the offseason. So we'll be speaking with uh, our quarterback, one of our quarterbacks, Matt Schiltz, a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Wanted to at least talk to you, Cliff, about, because I, I brought it up, uh, I'm going to bring it up to him during the interview. But have you had a chance to, uh, I mean, this is really the closest that we have besides all these retro games that they keep showing, but have you had a chance to see the Alouettes Upper Deck 2020 cards yet? I really haven't. Uh, it's, like I said, the fact that there's not too much advertisement from the CFL about anything. Like, you'd think, if nothing else, like, I know everybody clamors for a video game, like, or at least be part of Madden or something like that. Like, like to think that that's the way that you're going to attract new, younger fans, and there may be something to that because you know it is such a hugely popular game. If you can find a way to CFLize it, you know, yeah, and make it make make it relevant that way. Like, I definitely think there is a huge market for something like that. But trading cards, say, don't don't get me started on that that topic. I had a, <laughs> That's a whole other show. <laughs> no kidding. But the again, like uh, I know Upper Deck every year they do release their cards, and no doubt they would have had cards available for 2020 as well, even if there wasn't the season. But Again, it's one of those things that just really doesn't get promoted by the league, which makes no sense. Like, why are you not promoting your stars? Like, this is another instance where you can. This is a gold mine to sit on because, yeah. I mean, trading cards. I mean, okay, I, I'm not really a trading card guy anymore. No, I mean, me neither. Day, me I was, neither. But I, but I felt back with, in the day, sure. But yeah, uh, with getting one with uh, with uh, you know with uh, with Vernon and and all the guys. You know, it, I think I I said you know what, and, and it's the first year of the new uniform. So I said, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Yeah, absolutely. And but again, there's there is a market for something like that. And again, this is a great way, as far as I'm concerned, to get you know younger fans involved too, because they still collect. Like people still collect hockey cards, baseball cards, football cards, like what have you. Like I mean, there still is very much 
a market for something like that. Mm-hmm. And this is yet another avenue for the CFL to promote their stars. Like this is something that people complain about constantly is that the CFL does a terrible job of promoting the stars within the league. No kidding. To, to, to me. No, I agree. This is a great avenue to do so. Like, yeah, you can like play hype videos and, and things like that. And that's all well and good. But I mean, trading cards, like that's something that is tangible. You hold it in your hands, you collect them, you see them, you see the players, you learn their stats. Like this, this is what trading cards were developed for. And the fact that the CFL does have that by upper deck, like it's not just some fly by night company, just, you know, hastily making some cards. Like this is a legit company. Like upper deck is the standard as far as I'm concerned, as far as trading cards go. The fact that the CFL has these cards from Upper Deck and does little to no promotion of them, it's just yet another missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's an off year, you know, that they had to, you know, reach into the archives, you know. You know, Roosevelt's still in his, his Saskatchewan uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it must have been an off season too, because uh, Jean Gabriel Poulin, he's, he's still in his uniform from twenty eight from twenty eighteen. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, with all the photoshoppers out there, you, you couldn't they couldn't find a way to make that work. Uh, I guess how bad it would look, because you know they got Tyler Capena here too, and he's still in his Argos uniform. Oh boy, <laughs> uh, Money Hunter, same thing. He's in his uh, his uh, Edmonton Football Club uniform. <laughs> Are, are they being called the Edmonton Football Club or Football Team? I think it's Edmonton Football Team. Okay. I, I believe, that if I'm not mistaken, that's what their Twitter account is now. It's EVM Football Team. Unlike DC. DC's going with club, right? Yeah, yeah the the Washington Football Club. Washington. Or no, no, the, no they're, 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 they're Washington team Football also? Team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I got mine. I got my, my set. My owl set off of eBay. There you go. I, it's, but again, it's been years since I bought a set. But again, this this is what I'm talking about. Like, just another way to promote this team, uh, not just this team, but promote the league and the players in general. Like, that's that's the way to do it. And yeah. you know, yeah. and, like I said, just another another missed opportunity of of several. And one last thing before we have Matt, because I've been told that he is on the line. Mm-hmm. Um. The it just finished recently that there was a a huge owls lot uh, that that was uh, auctioned off over at classic classic auctions. A huge Alouette's lot from uh, George Springgate, former Alouette. Ooh, and they they raffled off they auctioned off one of his. Green Alouette jerseys. Ooh. And as Ferris Bueller would say, it's so choice. Um, <laughs> it's really nice. They had some, they had some nice stuff. His, his McGill uniform, his Redmond uniform. Oh, wow. And one of the things I was looking at, the old 1991 through 95 the old CFL, uh, uh, the bobbing head. The one that was inside the football. You know what I'm talking about? Right, right. The, not, not the bobbleheads that we know now, but, uh, well, it was the bobblehead where the, where the owl's head was outside of the football. Okay, okay. I was I, looking at that. Wow. So, shout out to uh, Superfan Mike, who was able to point that out to me, but... Even though it's a Canadian place that does it, but it was like it was in U.S. funds. I was like, 
no, can't <laughs> as much as I wanted to. Yeah, no, with uh, yeah, with the economy being what it is right now, U.S. funds. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I understand. Yeah. So uh, we will uh, we'll come back to you guys after we talk with Matt here, and uh, uh, we'll just uh, we'll finish up the show. And joining us on the pod this time is we've had him on before. We're glad to have him back. Uh, he is one of the the guys that you will see under center, whether we you know could could be first down, second down, third. Could, hey, we don't know what role he's going to be playing in twenty twenty one, but we know he is going to be playing a role with the Montreal Alouettes. On the line with us now, Matthew Schultz. Hey, hi, how are you, man? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? I really appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, hope everything's going well up north for you guys. Yeah, everything's good, man. Everything. I think first and foremost, I think the fans probably want to know is that uh, the main thing is that you and your your family is healthy. Yep, yep. We're we're hanging in there. Um, yep, everyone's doing well. Everyone's been healthy. Been you know socially distancing and you know wearing our masks if we have to go out in public or or do anything out there. But uh, very fortunate and thankful. Um, we haven't had any you know cases in the family or um, really any sicknesses. So just trying to keep it that way and and uh, you know do all the little the little things that we can do every day like wearing a mask and you know covering up our coughs and sneezes and mm-hmm. um you know just staying away from from people that aren't necessarily in our circle but maintaining that distance and um just being responsible I, at least i want to ask too because you know for those who may not know where you live uh, i just want to ask what mm-hmm. what is what is the i guess the people in your city and state how, how are they reacting to the which would you know masks are a thing now as you said you're, you and your family are wearing masks but how do you find that the I guess the the other citizens that you live live around and your and your neighbors how are they relating and and getting used to these masks? Yeah, so I'm for those of you who don't know I spend my off season uh, the last two years down in uh, Dallas Texas in the suburbs so I'm up in Plano Texas right near Frisco um, it's actually where they have the NCAA FCS national championship there in Frisco. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, last year, you know, before COVID and everything happened, that's where they were um, playing their national championship game. But um, in regards to the masks, the masks, I mean, I, I think it's like a lot of different areas in a lot of different cities where you're going to have kind of a mixed crowd. Um, but at the end of the day, I think everyone's going to wear the mask mm-hmm. just because it's something that's a very simple thing to do that can, can help stop the spread you know, of COVID-19. Um, and at the end of the day, um, it's a, it's a respect thing is how I view it and how I think a lot of other people view it that, yeah, you may not necessarily want to wear a mask. I don't think anybody really wants to have to wear a mask everywhere that we go, but it's something that we can do that can help slow the spread, help flatten the curve and, and do that sort of thing. So, um, I think people are generally, I mean, I see masks everywhere I go, um, whether that's, indoors or outdoors, um, you know, that if they're outdoors and around, uh, around people, then they're going to, you know, pull the mask up, right. If they're on the trail walking and no one's around, they're going to keep their mask down, maybe around their neck, or if they're running on a running path and they might swerve out of the way a little bit and stay away from, from another person walking by. So, um, I think everyone's been pretty responsive to it and, uh, just trying to do their part. Yeah. And have have the, sorry, have the LOS hooked you up with uh, a mask? I have not gotten a custom mask, <gasps> actually, and that's something that I would want. But uh, when we, we need were, to talk to Cam we were, over at the over at the boutique. I and know. Get you some. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to shoot him a message. I think. Yeah, 
Um, we don't usually, we don't talk politics, but I just want to ask your opinion on this thing. Do you find, how does it make you feel when it seems that this year, in particular, that it seems that the idea of, you know, keeping everybody safe and healthy, masks seem to be, at least from us up here, are becoming a political statement. Why do you think something that can keep somebody safe has basically been turned on its head to mean something totally different? Yeah, you know, that's a that's a great question. And, um, you know, I personally don't get, you know, deep into the politics. I mean, it's just not my thing. I know right. my little brother's all about the politics and, you know, looks into everything on both sides of the spectrum and um, does that sort of thing. But I, I think, unfortunately, with the year going how it is and the year that, uh, you know, that we're in 2020, for the states as being an election year, um, you know, it's a critical, a critical time in the country. Um, and I know it's a critical time up North too. Um, but it's pretty, pretty divisive, you know, and, um, there's a lot of people on far sides of the spectrum, but the thing that I think gets lost in all that is that there are tons of people right in the middle that want everybody to get along that want everybody that treat everybody with respect that, that have a love and passion for their neighbor and want to see everybody around them succeed. Right. But the sad thing is that I think everything else gets magnified on both ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. that, that creates this environment and in turn, something that should be useful that I think 95% of the people would agree with that wearing a mask, something simple. Yeah, we don't want to, but it's the nature of, of, of the world we live in right now. It's going to, it's going to help stop, you know, the airborne particles and help stop sneezing and coughing yeah. and those particles traveling around. And, and it's something that just can be so simple. So uh, that's kind of where I stand on yeah. it. And, um, you know, I just do it out of the respect for, for the other people around me, too. So. Sure, sure. And I think one of the funniest things, I think Cliff has seen it, too, is how some f- former Alouettes have, have totally turned this into a sitcom, which is so funny. You know, former Alouette quarterback Tanner Marsh, who lives down near you, um, mm-hmm. him, him yep. and his girlfriend have been, it's like a, a weekly thing, how they're keeping everybody up to date on the right versus left uh, neighbors. You know, certain things like, uh-oh, somebody <laughs> has a Biden sign up. Uh-oh, somebody has a Trump sign up. Oh, it's, one's missing the next yep. day. So it's, yep. I guess that's all you can really do is try to make, you know, it's a serious thing. Try to make a, as you know, fun of it as best as possible and then just continue on with your day. So it's, yeah. Um, obviously a very weird, I guess we would have to call it an off season, but uh, one thing I think Cliff and I wanted to know, I'm sure the fans wanted to know, when were you told originally, I mean, did you guys know that the season was being canceled before it was actually announced, obviously through the, through the players association or uh, was a, a couple of the, of the details, were they a surprise to you when you heard that they got, that the CFL had canceled the season? Yeah. I mean, I, I know for me, ultimately, you know, you never, if you hear a few rumblings here and there, you know, before anything's officially released, you never, especially something this serious, you know, canceling the whole season, you never necessarily want to believe it. Um, You always think that maybe we could find something, maybe we could work something out or or get to some sort of bubble situation, which we were, you know, we were talking about and and hoping for, but uh, you know, ultimately when, when that news breaks officially, then you're like, Ooh, that's the real deal. And, um, you know, time kind of stops there for a second. Cause you know, a lot of people were counting on that season to happen. Um, 
But once we kind of heard the first little rumblings, I mean, once it kind of hit and, you know, mini camps and, um, you know, training camp got delayed and then, okay, well, we might not play until, you know, into July, August and September. And then maybe, you know, the shortened season or possible playing in December. And, um, you know, there were so many things flying around and from so many different places and, you know, reading things online through Twitter, you know, I was just trying to get all my information through, um, my teammates and my player reps, um, the best that I could too. And I think in this day and age, as we're seeing in news media, I mean, every sort of thing, you just have to somehow find some confidence in, in what you're reading and what you're looking into. So, um, you know, I tried my best to honestly stay away from all the rumors or, um, this is a possibility. That's a possibility, but, uh, you know, just staying in contact with, with Enoch and, and some of the other players and just trying to get some information. But, um, it was such a tough situation too, because, you know, those guys are working day and night, countless hours. I mean, I just can't thank the CFLPA enough to, um, you know, for what they were doing for us and, and how they were trying to make it work. Cause they know a lot of people's livelihoods, you know, revolve around that season and revolve around playing and providing for their families. So, um, you know, hearing the news kind of starting to sound a little bit more solid as it approached that day was, um, was a little bit tough, but at the same time, they made sure that, you know, they were being transparent with us and showing everything and telling us everything that was kind of going on and kind of, giving us that, you know, peaceful warning, if you will, that, Mm -hmm. um, make sure you have some, some options if, if the season doesn't happen. And, you know, even if we have a shortened season and, you know, we still might have to find some work, find some other jobs that, uh, that you'll be able to provide for, for yourself or provide for your family if you have one. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a shock when, when I heard it officially and, um, and then saw it on social media and everything. So, um, just hopefully everyone's doing okay and hanging in there and, you know, staying strong, staying ready for next year. Yeah, that's that. I think that's all that we can hope for, because I think what people need to remember, too, is this: everybody's being affected by by what COVID has put against the world. And, you know, here in Canada and the U.S., too, it's that you you lost you did lose your job. You, you may play for the Alouettes, mm-hmm. but you lost your job and a lot of other players lost their jobs and stuff like that. So it's it's you know, it, it's no different than. Then Cliff or myself, who may, you know, may have been able to stay at home or have to go into the office and work, but you yourself lost your job. So it's, I, I can only imagine what you went through because, um, you know, fans think of players as they are. They're players. We watch them. We watch you guys play. We we think that you're you may how much money you may be making or, or could be making, but I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, you you you've been training all year to do this to play mm-hmm. and then you lose your job that's basically what it was yep. you've lost your job it's just, just you know yep and and yeah and that's a huge thing too i mean you hit you hit the nail on the head i mean you train i mean really six months i mean you're you're wearing a six-month season you have an off season for generally six months you might take you know a month off of kind of light training recovery after the season in December, might travel around, see family, maybe go on a vacation, just get away from it. But I mean, at, at the, at the latest, by the time February rolls around, I mean, you're still working, you're training February, March, April into May. I mean, that's what a good four and a half months of training, yeah. at least if you start in January. So, I mean, it's, it turns a lot of people's worlds upside down. And especially if, um, you know, there's, there's not something that they may have been doing in the off season to kind of take up some of their time. Um, you know, it, 
it's either going to be uh, an eye-opening experience on, you know, what life after football might be and where you want to kind of find your passions and what you want to do with your time. Um, but at the same time, it's a lot of time that, that you spent working your craft and, um, you know, you're going to have to go through a full season of not playing and still staying ready for a season that, you know, we're hoping can happen in 2021, but there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees in the vaccine. There's no guarantees that, you know, we can make something work. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it, it really is a kind of a state of limbo, which is, which is tough. But I think if there's a good thing, if there's a silver lining, in it, it's that, you know, guys have the opportunity to find out what their passions are after the game of football. Cause right. everyone has an expiration date. I mean, everyone's going to retire, right? No one's going to be playing their entire life from, from birth to, from birth to death. But, um, so I think it, I think it'll give players a chance to kind of, kind of see and maybe reflect on, on what they want to do for, for the rest of their life after the game is, uh, is over with. For sure. And, and also including some guys who may have had some ailments that they were able to recover more than yep. they were. So 2021 could be very interesting across the league in, in every single way. So, I mean, it's, um, what was, and I'm being, trying to be, uh, not the dip. I'm trying to be as vague on this as possible. So I just want to ask a general question. What was your thought on the league offering for a, um, to, to get out of the con- your contract that, that you may have signed with, with the CFL, all these players that uh, opted out. Um, in, I'm trying to be so diplomatic about this because obviously there's a teammate who of ours, who of yours obviously, who a uh, few that actually did that. But um, what was your thought on the that opportunity there? Let me let me ask it like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it it is definitely an opportunity that. Um, was I think given the situation and given everything that was going on and the process of, um, you know, how we ended up at that decision, I think it was warranted for those players, right? If they're not going to be able to, I keep on going back to provide for their families, right? This is our job. I mean, this is our livelihood. This is what we dedicate. I mean, some people have been in the league for 14 years, 15 years. Some people have been in the league for, you know, three years like myself. Some people are rookies, but um, everyone's dedicating their time, their life, their, I mean, their relationships, their families, like everybody is sacrificing for these opportunities to play football. And we only have a certain window where our bodies will allow us to play football at a high level and mm-hmm. compete. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at some positions, whenever you hear that, Oh, they're 30 years old. Like that's a, that's a number for whatever reason that people say, Oh, he's old now. And <laughs> you just think about that. And it's like, well, we only have this amount of time that we're, where our bodies are quote unquote in our prime. And we're going to lose a whole year of that. That could be, I mean, yeah. thousands of dollars for a person's family and um, money to go towards retirement and gain interest over time. And um, you know, it, it was something that I think was a good thing for the players that, um, allowed them to pursue those opportunities if they, if they so choose, if they so chose to do. And, um, again, it was an opportunity for them to still provide for their families in this, in this crazy time. For sure. And, and it also helped too, but from what we saw across the league with a few players that the league allowed people to, uh, to reverse on their opting out and be able to come back under contract. So it was, yep. um, it, it was, as I said, it, it was nice to see that there. It wasn't a, oh yeah, well you, you did that. Well then you you can't come back at that type of thing. It's, it, it was a good thing to see that they were very open about it. So, Cliff, get, Cliff, get some words in here, friend. <laughs> okay, Matt 
have you been in contact with your teammates during all of this as far as like, I know there's not really a game planning you can do or anything like that, but even just to, mm-hmm. to still have that camaraderie and all that and just make sure everybody's doing okay and staying safe and all that. Are you still communicating with your teammates for the most part? Oh yeah, definitely. We've been, uh, I mean, we've been in contact since it, since it kind of first happened, since it first started. I mean, um, just talking with coach Kahari. I mean, we've talked on the phone a few separate times. I mean, over the past several months, I mean, um, shooting texts and then, you know, we kind of have our quarterback quarterback chat and we have, uh, you know, our whole kind of like offensive kind of skill position guys that we, that we kind of reach out to. And, um, you know, VA actually just texted us today, just telling us hanging in there and, you know, making sure we're still getting after it in the weight room and everything. So, um, that was good to see that, but, um, yeah, we've been, we've been talking, checking in, you know, interacting on social media and, you know, whether Twitter, Instagram, sharing things, um, still trying to keep it as normal as possible, but um, understand the reality that people are going to be going through some different things right now. Everyone's facing their own, you know, individual battle, whether that's, you know, just staying mentally in it with being cooped up and, you know, quarantining or, um, you know, the financial burdens of what's happening right now, or, um, you know, not being able to see family or friends for so long. Um, so we're just kind of checking in, making sure everyone's hanging in there, making sure everyone's staying strong mentally and, uh, you know, making sure everyone is just uh, just doing well, you know, because it's a stressful time for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. And what about, uh, like, do you find that you're getting all the information that you can from your your team reps and all that as far as, like, just how things are going between, like, the CFL and the Players Association as far as being kept in the loop as to what's going on as far as the possibility of, like, the 2021 season and beyond? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know I touched on it a little bit earlier, but I mean, I can't thank, you know, Enoch and, and our player reps enough for, for what they're doing, not only for, you know, our team with Montreal, but for the whole, for the whole, uh, you know, union as a, as a whole, you know, with all, all nine teams. So, um, you know, they're sending us updates and um, trying to get us, you know, placed in some certain areas. If, you know, where guys are looking for jobs or trying to use their resources and use their contacts to, to try and help us the best we can. Um, in our cities, but, um, you know, it's an uncertain time. It's kind of an unparalleled time. Um, there's fortunately there's no real, you know, game plan put it in a football sense to, um, how to handle an opponent like this, but they're making the best they they're making the most of, you know, the situation and making the most of what they got to, to make sure we're, make sure we're staying good. Great. Great. Okay. Let's talk about 2019, Matt. I mean, it was, a season that I don't think anyone in Montreal or even the CFL is going to forget anytime soon. I mean, like the Alouettes went from being, uh, shall we say, a laughing stock to all of a sudden a contender again, being relevant again in the city of Montreal. And you played a big role in that as well. Talk to us about your overall impressions of the 2019 season last year and just you know, share your thoughts of your experience throughout it all. Yeah, man, it was it was an unreal group of guys in the locker room. I think first and foremost, like Coach Kahari, he he got the best of us and he got the best out of us, I should say. Um, you know, the way he leads and um he just set such a great example from the top down. And I think that's extremely important um as a head coach and, you know, especially as a former player. Um, like he understands what we're going through. He understands the situations that we find ourselves in on and off the football field. He understands what we're going through mentally. Um, you know, the pressures we face again on and off the football field. And he just created such a great environment in that locker room on the practice field where guys can still be themselves. Guys can 
play with their kind of swagger and their moxie and guys can, um, you know, just express themselves on the football field and play to their highest level and create an open communication environment too. Um, you know, his door is always open. If we had problems at home, if we had problems on the football field or with the relationship, I mean, you name it, he's there to talk to you about it. And I think that just transcends down, um, into the, you know, the rest of the staff and then into the locker room with the players. So, um, you know, first and foremost, I think he did a tremendous job. And then on top of that, I mean, just his game planning ability, um, you know, the way he's able to break down film and, you know, lead the offensive staff and kind of game planning and, you know, with Andre Bolduc with a run game stuff. And um, he did great as well. So um, I think that was a positive. And then as it goes down to the players, um, that locker room, that was something unlike anything I've ever been a part of, to be completely honest with you. I mean, we were, we were gelling. It was, it was a fun, fun team to be on. And I think that hopefully showed out on the football field in front of the fans and, you know, watching away games on TV, but um, it was just such a group of guys, such a great group of guys that, um, you know, gave it their all and weren't just playing for themselves. I genuinely felt like every time we stepped out on the football field, we were playing for each other. We were playing for that man next to us. We were wanting to do our job, whether we were the focal point of the play or whether we were, you know, a backside blocker or whether we were a backup. Um, we just want to do whatever we could that week to win. And at the end of the day, I think it, it paid dividends because, like you said, I think we surprised a lot of people that were on the outside looking in. But to us from training camp, that was, I mean, that was our goal all along, make the playoffs, right? I mean, obviously our goal is to win the Great Cup and, um, you know, that didn't happen. But from us, from our standpoint, that's who we thought we were going to be. We thought we were a playoff team and um, I'm glad we were able to show that. Do you think Amazing. that, um, obviously with, with how well you guys did and, and, and you've been a part of the, uh, you, you know, you look at the different teams that you, that you've been on. Fans may say one thing about a team, but obviously it may be different in the locker room and stuff like that, d- despite what the record may be. But do you feel what happened in 2019 was a rebirth of Alouette football in Montreal? Man, I'd like to think so. Right. And that's the thing. It's like what we were going through those, I guess, two, three, four, five years prior to that. I was only there two years before last season, so I can only speak to that. But right. it was a culminate. It was a buildup, right? We, we were building up, and we had we showed a lot of glimpses of really good football, right? And showed some glimpses of not great football. I'm just being completely honest. But um, you know, when you get that, when you get everything clicking and everything working, it's something special, and it's something special in the city of Montreal. And that's something that that I love. That I'm still grateful that you know I was resigned for this year unfortunately it didn't happen so we're going to see where you know the contract plays out and everything but um it's something that i love about montreal and that city is that when we're cooking man it's a fun place to be in that stadium and um i definitely think the only place we're going to go from here is up so if you're not if you're not following along if you're not not with us we still we still have some room hop on and it's going to be a fun ride I'm, I'm hoping it can be carried over. I'm sure Cliff and, and all, obviously all the Alouettes fans hope it can carry over too because if you can keep that, you know, if you can keep that stuff bottled up that you had in 2019 and carry it over to 2021, we could have something special in Montreal. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, you brought up something, at least uh, I have to ask you about it because I'm very curious to know what you can say on it because you mentioned your contract situation. It, nothing's been really told to, and nothing's been really said when it comes to to contracts uh, for players who may be in their final years. From what I'm gathering from what you stated, 
that if you if you had a if you were in your last year of a contract in 2020, even though we didn't play, it is not carrying over to 2021, or you're going to have to renegotiate yes. for a new contract. So that's something that I'm still kind of gaining the exact details on. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm just uh, kind of making sure that you know all my base are covered. Like I said, I love being in Montreal. I love yeah. playing for the city. I love my teammates there, the coaching staff, and um, but at the same time, you know, if there's if you know the contract situation plays out to where the last year of our deal or one year remaining, and then we become a free agent, then um, then yeah, and it's something where you know might have to explore some opportunities. And um, if there's a spot in the league that you know I could maybe get an opportunity to become a starter, that's ultimately my goal. Um, but uh, yeah, just something that we're kind of playing by ear right now, and that okay. I've been in contact with my agent about. But yep. So they weren't they weren't actually so you're not sure if they've been grandfathered over or not that that's basically what I'm trying to figure out so it you're not sure or or you'll you'll, you'll keep us apprised <laughs> yeah yeah I can de- I can definitely uh, definitely keep you guys keep you okay. guys in the loop uh, <laughs> yeah okay I was just okay, okay. that's curious all right Cliff all right uh, let's talk about your when we did actually see you on the field in 2019 because I I look at what you did this year this past season and. It, it's kind of it's a tale of two scenarios, like the best of times and the worst of times. I mean, you you're talking about the fact that you've actually got a chance to be under the center for some pretty memorable things, and not necessarily for all the right reasons. Uh, I want to talk about you coming into the game versus Saskatchewan at home. Uh, Antonio Pipkin was the starter, but unfortunately didn't play all that great. And Kahari tapped you on the shoulder and said, "Get in there and win us this football game." And you damn near mm-hmm. did, but then Mother Nature had a, a little oh, yes. plan in mind. So talk talk to us about that. Yeah, that was tough. That was uh, not gonna lie. That, that was a tough experience there, and uh, you know I, I felt confident in my week of preparation um, leading up to the game. And you know I know Saskatchewan was a great opponent. I mean their defense is always good, always flying around, and um, I know they're they're gonna want to test you, right? They're gonna want to bring some pressure and um, try and heat, heat you up a little bit, and felt like. Like I said, I had a great week of preparation, and um, you know, if my number was called, then I knew I was going to be ready to go in there and, and you know perform at the best of my ability. And um, you know, my number was called there, and um, had I think it was a drive that led to a field goal to start us off, and then um, a few other drives, some missed passes, some completions, um, kind of got out of a little rhythm there, and then um, had that had that sack fumble. Um, that was tough play because there's already one that happened earlier. So um, it was just tough putting our defense in a, in a tough spot and putting our offense in an even tougher spot, giving up, giving up points when our defense wasn't even on the board there. But, um, you know, leading up to that point and, you know, throughout the rest of the year, we were kind of a second half team. And um, I felt like we did start to settle down there um, towards the end of the second half. And then, you know, sure enough, at the beginning of the third quarter, um, we were just starting to get going. And if you look back on a lot of our games, that's when we, that's really when we turned it on for whatever reason, we, we, we couldn't hit the ground running there in those first couple quarters, but when that third quarter hit and then into mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, um, it was something special. So, um, yeah, it was frustrating, but, um, at the end of the day, that was just the, the opportunity and how it played out. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to then get another opportunity in BC and, uh, you know, and, and have that and have that game. But yeah, that fast game was something I've never seen before with the weather delay and how it happens. I remember later in the night, it was maybe 30, 40 minutes later after the game was called. I mean, it was just drizzling a little bit. I didn't really see any lightning or thunder. And it was just like, well, 
we could have just waited 30 more minutes, we could have been back on the field right now. Instead, we were showered up and getting some food on the way home. So that was tough. You ever yeah, seen a, a, a crazier rule? Because, you know, even in the, it's funny, even us in the stands, you know, when the, when the weather delay came about, there were so many things going along on social media because nobody knew. None of the fans knew yeah. what the what the rule was, and it, and I think the league had actually modified the rules uh, in 2019 at the beginning of 2019 for this type of thing. Going back to the uh, to the infamous um, uh, "Long Live the Night" bowl, and you know that started off in Winnipeg. Yeah, um, yeah. I but ever seen ever seen anything crazier like that? No, I haven't, and it's weird because we had a similar weather delay in college, where you know. It was a light rain kind of in the first half, and then there was some lightning at halftime, but um, we probably waited over an hour, and hour and a half in the locker room and came right back out and finished the game. And, um, you know, it was something that we were kind of all confused in the locker room too. No one really knew what the what the rule was because they were changing the rule, and then they made the rule. Guys were hearing this, guys were hearing that. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, we, you know, started getting rumblings. Oh, well, if we, you know, can't get any more lightning strikes and you know, 30 minutes, then they're going to call her 20 minutes and 10 minutes. And they're like, yeah, guys, we're calling the game. And, you know, Coach Kahari came in and that was a tough conversation. Just that energy left the room real quick, you know, from your hyped up game, game mode. And then all of a sudden being told you're not going to be able to compete and finish a game where um, that's a big group of competitive guys in there and in in the professional locker room. So um, that was definitely, that was definitely a tough pill to swallow there. How does Coach Kahari, or who who was it? I mean, I mean, does Coach Kahari guys and say, you know, it's like, hey guys, 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 settle down. Well, I mean, <laughs> yep, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I don't remember the exact details or the exact you know words he said, but I just remember like the feelings, right? That's kind of an age old quote, right? You might not remember, or someone might not remember yeah, the yeah. exact word that you tell them, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Um, yep. So you know, in that post game, I mean post half almost talk, <laughs> um, you know, he came in, you know, we were all walking a little bit in and out of the locker room, trying to look outside, see if there's lightning, see if it's raining. And, um, you know, we gathered everybody in and just, just kind of told us that, you know, unfortunately they're calling the game and, um, just kind of told us, you know, how sick of a taste he had in his mouth. And I'm sure he said, I'm sure y'all are feeling it too. And, um, you know, we got to get back to you next week at practice and, we're going to make sure we're not going to put ourselves in this situation where if this happens again, then we're not going to be trailing, right? We got to get out a little bit quicker. We can't have those, have those mistakes, especially, you know, for myself, giving up a sack fumble for, um, you know, for six that, that will put us in that situation. Cause I'm sure, you know, in the other locker room, they're sitting there saying, well, that's what we got for getting out in front and making some big plays and um, being in that position where if they were to call a game, then they're going to get the win, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of, we were talking uh, about Coach Kahari and and his speeches and stuff like that. G- give us your your thoughts on his uh, "This team is real" speech because you know it went viral once it hit so- social media. On the actual speech they made, it was very emotional. I'm sure it was even more to you guys in the locker room. But what what was it like uh, being a part of that speech? I think I think it goes back to kind of what we were saying before with you know seeing if we can carry over what we had in, in 2019, you know, into the future and that everybody in that locker room, we knew we were real, right? We knew what we had in that room. We knew what we had at each position, top to bottom and all the guys on that roster and what we could do if we put it all together. And um, I think it was his way of just kind of 
kind of expressing that, hey, guys, we are real. Like, this is us. This is who we are. This is who we can be. You know, we're not the Montreal the last few years. Like, this is a real football team, a real competitive team, a playoff team, great cup caliber winning team. And that if we perform to our ability day in, day out, every rep at practice, every click in the meeting room during film, right? Every note when we study at home, every down during the game, whether that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, even we are a real football team and we have a message to prove to everybody, not just other teams, not just, you know, me. I mean, we have a message to prove to everybody watching us that, that we are a real football team, that, that we're a team to be reckoned with. Yeah. Um, obviously you guys were supposed to be heading out to Edmonton to play the Edmonton football team this week. Um, what, um, what, what what are the things that you are missing the most from this season? I mean, you may have mentioned some of the stuff already, but but overall, Matt, mm-hmm. what what are you missing in twenty nineteen? Not not playing. Yeah, uh, I think a couple of things. I'm, I'm missing the camaraderie for sure. Um, being in that locker room, I'm sure you've heard um, both current players and you know former players that are retired. Something they miss the most is just that locker room, being mm-hmm. with that group of guys. Um, you know, especially for the American players that are going up to the CFL and then even Canadian players that might be in just a different city, um, you know, being in Montreal, if they're from, you know, other parts of Canada, that we're all in this together and we're all, we're all here for one job. We're all here for one mission. And I think the locker room is a beautiful place to kind of um, use as an analogy where, I mean, everything goes out the window when you're in the locker room. I promise you, it's like, I don't care if you're black, white, if you're liberal or conservative, if, it, it doesn't matter when you're in that locker room, all these guys are, are there for one mission. We all want the best for each other. And I think that's something that I wish we could, we could translate out into the rest of the world, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, just treating everybody with respect and doing that. But that's something that I miss the most and just seeing those guys every day, and you know, joking around, but still know when it's time to work. Um, and then just that competitive, that competitive atmosphere and that competitive edge that you get both in practice, you know, in the weight room and the film room, even, and then of course, uh, on game day, um, that's just, uh, that's just, uh, something I think in a lot of competitors that, that they crave, um, yeah. they crave that competition and they crave that competition at a high level. Um, so that's something that's, that's hard to find outside the game when you've, when you've played it. Um, and then just being in in the stands or, um, you know, being on the field with fans in the stands, excuse me, <laughs> is just a, is a great environment to be in. And it's a, it's a great adrenaline rush and it's a thrill that, uh, that doesn't come around too often. And that's why, you know, having those game days are, are so great for, um, you just get that rush, that energy, and then being able to just go out and perform and, and play the game you love that you've been playing since you're six years old, right? Yeah. Can't just really go play a pickup game of football, um, you know, in a big in a big stadium, right? You know, you can always pick up a basketball or pick up a, you know, kick around a soccer ball, or pick up a baseball mitt and go play, you know, in the backyard with some some kids. But just getting in that stadium and playing in front of everybody with the pads and everything is just something special. What was your? Uh, uh, what's the one thing you miss most about the city of Montreal? I think all the food options is <laughs> just so great. I, I love just trying new restaurants. Um, I love like tacos, Mexican food. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, down there, Escondite was a, was a great restaurant, um, that I, that I miss going to, but, uh, yeah, I, I think just the restaurants. Okay. 
What was your? Well, um... it's, not like, it's not like you can't get tacos in Texas. Though. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, I still miss it though. It's just a little bit different in Montreal. There's just something about it. I don't. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just it's just such a great city, um, such a great atmosphere, such a great environment. So I'm just hoping we can get a vaccine and then uh, get everything open back up. Yeah. What was in your? your opinion, um... Is that what? Sorry, Tim. In your opinion, do you think that's what's going to take for things to get back to? I don't want to say back to normal necessarily, but at least as close to what the old normal was? I mean, I would think so. I mean, I just don't know what else it can kind of take to, to get to that point. I know people have been talking about, you know, the herd immunity and stuff like that, but at the same time, like that's going to require people to unfortunately get infected with it until, you know, we get the numbers up enough. So, I mean, unless you guys have a better idea, I, I think, I think <laughs> the vaccine is going to be the one thing that might, that might get us at least somewhat close to normal, but, um, I mean, have you guys heard anything else? Well, uh, I, I think for us, the problem is for us, Matt, is that Quebec and Ontario, you know, Montreal is the epicenter of Canada. It's not the same mm-hmm. as it is out west. Um, you, you know, we, we had such a good spring. Summer, I think they got a little, I don't want to say they, the, the politicians got a little cocky, but I think they I, we understood that the reason that they had to open things up. Um, mm-hmm. But then we're seeing what's happening. So it's, you reap what you sow. Yeah, but I, yeah. I think I look at, and this is one of the next thing I wanted to bring that we wanted to bring up with you is that we look at what has been done so far this fall, and I'll give a first example, which I don't know if you knew that once the MLS season started after they finished their uh, opening tournament in Orlando in their bubble, uh, the mm-hmm. Canadian teams came back up here, and the other teams in the U.S. were able to play. Uh, the Canadian teams up here in the MLS were playing in a bubble themselves, sort of it's like a Canadian bubble. And the mm-hmm. impact where that was the first pro team in Canada, as far as I know, to start allowing fans in the stands, even though I think it was like at 10%. And it was, okay. it was for their, for their home games. I'm thinking that may be, cause you look at what the NFL has done. You look at how, mm-hmm. how successful the NBA bubble was. You look at how successful, um, uh, NHL. Yeah, the NHL bubble was. That NHL, was, that was in MLB to an extent. Yeah, I, I think, and yeah. you see that some of these, you know, some of these large cities in the U, in the U.S., especially when they have NFL football, they're able to have, I think, it's ten percent or whatever is dictated by the mm-hmm. by the health, you know, by, by the health services. So, yep. I, yeah, I, I mean, think, I, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, in terms of uh, general, you know, societal reopening, I think it's going to take some sort of a vaccine. And then even then, I still think it's going to be a new normal. Like we've been hearing that, you know, people are going to still be wearing masks on airplanes. I mean, I think I'm probably going to keep on doing that. And, yeah, um, yeah People are going to be more self-conscious, more self-aware, more aware of their surroundings and um, just what they're doing. But I think from a sports standpoint, I think there's no reason why the CFL can't at least get a little bit closer to making some sort of uh, a bubble or even some sort of a limited capacity um, season happen. And I know we're not the same as other leagues and I know all those other factors that go into it. Um, But I think, I think the people in Canada um, deserve some CFL football and the fans up there deserve it. And I know the players are hungry to play and, um, you know, and perform and and, and compete. We, so much news has been going in Canada when it comes to 
not hearing from the CFL. And I think that's what that frustrates us, Matt, is that you see what the NFL has been able to do. Yes, mind you, we know they make, you know, TV rights. They make so much on the TV rights. You know, the CFL teams are just making uh, approximately what it costs for, you know, one full year of salaries from TSN, from that group. Um, and most of the, obviously, the CFL is a gate-driven league. But mm-hmm. I think I think the issue is, is that now that the league is, and this seems to happens every year, is that, you know, as Commissioner Ambrose has put it, they'll switch from the football season to the business season, which is their, considered their off-season. But this year, because of COVID, it just seems that everything has gone quiet. And everybody has heard everything what the league has done or what the league hasn't done. Um, my thought is, as a player, as a member of the Montreal community also, which you, which you are, um, mm-hmm. and as a sports fan yourself, do you think that the CFL should be kept in the public's eye? The commissioners say, or somebody say something to the fans because you can't just go dark. I, you know, we saw, I saw it today on Rod, on the Rod Peterson show earlier today, and he's out west. He brought up the same point. Mm-hmm. You can, the CFL needs to start speaking up about something. Just don't go quiet. Don't put you know. Don't put uh, a memorandum on on executives being interviewed. Don't. It's just something. Maybe there's certain things you can't talk about. But I would, I would right. imagine that you yourself as a player, you want to be able to talk about Alouette's football without having to worry about what the, what the league has told the Owls that you can't do. Does that make, does that make sense? And I think, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's the key thing, I think, you know, from a player's perspective, right? You know, being, being a player and being a part of the league for a few years now, um, you know, I want to I want to talk about the league. I want to try and grow the league the best that I can as a player, right? Maybe attract new fans or if someone's listening to the podcast for the first time and, um, you know, here's our conversation. They want to get involved and start becoming a fan of the Alouettes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able to do those kind of things. And I don't think there should be, you know, from a player's perspective, from my perspective, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that I don't necessarily know behind the scenes that are going on and, and all that. But, you know, just from my standpoint as it is right now, like, I don't see why we can't stay in the in the forefront of, of news and forefront of media because if you think about this whole summer we would be having our games and that would be generating the news that would be generating the buzz we take away those games i mean what are we talking about now i mean guys aren't getting their name out right yeah teams aren't getting their name out teams aren't having these awesome experiences with their fans in the stands and um, all these memories being made with these families with you know moms and dads and sons and daughters going to games and sharing these great experiences and tailgating and just creating all these wonderful moments, all these, you know, moments of, you know, bonding families and friends, you know, we're missing out on that for a full year. Or are you guys missing Thanksgiving this year? And missing Thanksgiving. Exactly. I mean, all these things, you can just go down the list and then you think about, okay, well, we don't have this, we don't have that. And we're not necessarily talking about it. Are people, still going to stay engaged and if you're a gate-driven league you need people to stay engaged to come out to the stadium right yeah so my thinking is why not keep all that energy all that passion for these fans that we do need to keep this league going as it is why not keep them engaged why not keep them talking why not keep that buzz around the league and keep the buzz around the players and promote the you know players and the teams during this hard time still and 
um, try and find as much fan engagement as we can so that when the stadiums do open up, that they're going to want to come back and see the product that's out on the football field. So that's just my kind of two cents there from a player perspective. No, but, it makes sense. Um, now, if you're a yeah. fan, by the way, and let's say the, say, there is CFL football. Uh, the fans are allowed in the stadium next year, okay? Uh, yeah. What, if, say if you were a fan and you were given the option, uh, let's make it any sport. I'll just make it now. I, I won't make it just CFL related. But any sport, mm-hmm. if you had the option yeah. to go in a, in a sport bubble, even though with it's a mask, would you go? So as a fan, if I want to go to, say, a basketball game yeah. in a bubble, yeah. Yeah. in an arena, mm-hmm. with, while wearing a mask. And so, yeah, I think, I, I think me personally, I think I would go. Um, you know, I'm a, a younger, healthy person. And um, I think as long as I'm wearing a mask and other people are wearing a mask and mm-hmm. we're maintaining elements of social distancing, I, I think that's an okay, okay thing to do. Kind of what the NFL is slowly progressing into, um, you know, in various cities. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that grand believe me i'm no health expert i'm just kind of sharing my perspective from the outside but um you know i wouldn't have a problem as a fan um going and and seeing a game or wearing a mask socially distancing you know temperatures at the door Mm -hmm. um you know no symptoms of sickness and um that's just my perspective though i think i think cliff and i we were talking about that earlier in the uh this this year and i think both of us agreed that 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 we would because if it's done right it's still supporting the mm-hmm. team and supporting the league, you know? Yep, I, I, exactly right. I think if it's done right, it can happen. And like you said, like we mentioned earlier in the show, I think we're starting to see it a little bit with, with the leagues, right? NBA bubble in Orlando, that mm-hmm. worked almost to perfection. And um, and they were the at the forefront of it. They were going right when that, right when that virus started, and mm-hmm. they were thinking of plans, thinking of options, and, and they executed it. And granted, it's a little bit easier than, say, getting players on a baseball field or in a football stadium, you know, basketball arena is a little bit smaller and, you know, hockey was able to follow a similar path, but then we saw baseball progress and, um, and they're able to do that. Now they're even having some fans in the stands, I yeah. think for the NLCS they did. And then World Series World too, Series yeah, right. here in Arlington. Yeah. So, um, you know, I saw people there and, um, you know, I didn't go to a game or I don't plan on going to a game yet. I think I'm a little <laughs> priced out of that, uh, priced out of that ticket. But, um, you know, I, I think, we're, we're seeing how it can be done and how it can work. And at the end of the day, I think if, if there's an opportunity for the CFL to be able to do that, then um, it would be doing a disservice to a lot of people if we don't try and try and make that happen from both the PA perspective and from a, from a league perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think before we let you go, Matt, let's, let's try to yeah. end this on a fun note. I, I know there's something I want to ask you about. Cliff, is there something you want to ask, ask Matt about? Well, I just want to ask him about uh, this past off season. Uh, as you know, the Alouettes, when in 2019, when you guys were playing, the things were very much up in the air as far as ownership goes. Uh, now that question has sort of been has been answered effectively with new ownership. We now have a new general manager, a new president. There's a whole bunch of new things with the Alouettes, but a lot of the key elements are still in place as far as football operations go. But uh, share a little bit with uh, your thoughts as to the the new direction as far as administration goes and how you think it's going to affect things. Like, again, obviously with everything being on pause right now, but like once everything gets back to as close to normal as possible, how do you see this new administration working out for the Alouettes? Yeah, I mean, every interaction that I've had so far um, from the top down has been great. And it really goes back to kind of our whole rebrand that we had at the beginning of last year. 
um, yeah, be, I'm sorry, I'm getting all my years mixed up now. Um, you know, with our New Jersey's logo, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get out in the community engagement a little bit more and, you know, the boutique items and just, uh, you know, creating this whole new kind of product, but also idea um, about Montreal football. And I think that's where it really started. That's where it really picked up and then having a good year and, um, you know, getting the playoffs and generating some buzz. I think that was, um, I mean, insanely beneficial for the team. And, um, and then you have the regime kind of come in and, um, you know, get things going again and, and give them that extra little kick. And I, I think there's only one place to go, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, and, that, and that's up. And I think everyone's on board to, to win and do what it takes to win and, and, uh, and you know, grow Alouette's football to, you know, what everyone that's a part of it knows it can be, but make everybody around it that's not necessarily a part of it right now believe that it can be that be that get to that place where it was you know what i mean right. so um i think everyone's on board for that and i think just that that synergy from the top down is what's all what is ultimately going to drive it did uh did mr spiegel and mr stern actually speak to you uh, speak to you players uh yeah they have been in contact with us via some um letters and um you know we were able to hear them speak a little bit and then um just talking to mario as well um you know that's been great and then Again, it's nice having continuity with Coach Kahari still, mm-hmm. um, still a part of it too. So, kind of bring the new school and the old school, if you will. But uh, it's been great. Yeah. Now, as I said, I want to try to end my my line here of questioning on on a little bit of fun here. In my hand, Matt, I currently have okay. your 2020 Upper Deck Alouettes card. Oh, very nice. And I wanted to ask you, as a player, what's it like? Well, first. Do you collect your own cards? <laughs> and second, so I yeah okay sorry go ahead. And I was gonna say, and what's it like to to have you, you yourself on a playing card? Yeah, so I actually do. I don't have the 2020 upper deck one yet. Um, I actually have a 2019 upper deck one. I'm actually looking at it right now because I have tons of you know little cousins and um, you know family members love getting them, and you know my mom's all about it, right? You yeah. know. So I try and get all the cards I can for her, but I actually have a 2018 upper deck card that I had made that I don't think a lot of people have. Um, I think I have 250, 300 of them, maybe Um, I'll have to try and get some sent up to you guys. But uh, it's something crazy. Like when I first made the team, right. So I, I'm sure you guys have heard the story, but I was, you know, from Butler and had a couple workouts, never made a roster, started working, you know, Ernst and Young and, you know, public accounting thought the dream was kind of over. And then sure enough, get a call right before I'm about to hang them up and, you know, get up to training camp or uh, our mini camp actually at the time uh, down in Vero beach, Florida. And, you know, we got invited back to training camp and made the roster. And, you know, we have that kind of roster unveiling quote unquote kind of party or get together over at McGill it was. And that's where I first saw my first playing card. And, um, I was just like, it, it, it all became so real for me. And I'm sure you can tell I'm smiling and talking to you guys right now, but, um, it was just, it was just a culmination of so much work, so much buildup that, you know, you put into this to try and get to that professional level. And, um, just holding that card was, was something special. And then it's just something that's so cool to, to know that like you looked up to, certain players or you had a favorite player growing up. Uh, you know, for me, it was Steve Young. I grew up a Niners fan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, love the Niners, Cliffy. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> was a big Steve Young fan, you know, collecting player cards, baseball cards, football cards, a little bit of basketball cards that they had and, um, you know, trying to go get autographs and, um, you know, quote unquote, be that kind of kid collector, you know, but, uh, then seeing it and being able to give those to, you know, little kids that I coach right now in the off season or, you know, my little cousins that I have that I get this year on the holidays and, um, you know, giving my mom and my dad and people that have just helped me, helped me get there along the way. Um, it was just something special. So, um, I'm very fortunate that, uh, that I've been able to stay in the league for a few years now and hopefully a few, I mean, more than a few more years to come, but, um, it was something cool seeing that for the first time. I can't lie. <laughs> I think it's time to reach out to the team and say, Hey, yo, where's my, where's my 2020 card? I know I have one. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. Yeah. yeah I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to find the, find the upper deck, upper deck guys, maybe on social media and see if I can see if I can grab some and I'll have to get, uh, get you guys sent some of these other ones that I have. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Um, I, I know, as I said, I know it's been tough for players. Um, I know there's been, there can, some of, you know, a lot of things was brought up before the league folded about, do you guys deserve this, that, the other, when it came to the funding from the league, et cetera, et cetera. I am a pro player proponent, Matt. And I, I think you as a player should have been, I think I felt that you guys should have been treated better by some, some in the media, because as I said, you lost your job. It, you know, you lost your job like everybody else did in 2020. And I feel that um, people should look at the player. I would hope that they would look at players in a different light because it wasn't your fault that all this occurred. You were still trying, like everybody else, right. you know, your job was lost. So it's, I know Cliff and myself, we supported you guys. We felt you deserved everything that you got. We're hoping that, you know, we heard some things that the federal government was going to do. I hope the federal government followed through on that for you, the players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we don't, we don't want any, anybody to be hurting monetarily. Whether you're a guy, right. guy who works in McDonald's, where you're a guy who works in, in an office every day, or you're a football player. Yep. You, you deserve, you deserve 100%. to be able to, to, to earn a living. So. Yeah, we support, well, we, I know, we, support we, we support you guys 100%. Me, I, I appreciate that support, and I know all the players, you know, appreciate that support too. And I think that's a big thing that, you know, might get lost. And I hope maybe has, uh, you know, put in perspective, you know, we're, we're normal guys, right? We're, we're just like everybody else. We're have families, we have friends, we have feelings, we have stresses, just like, just like everybody else in the world. And, um, you know, it was a hard time for a lot of guys. And I know a lot of people have picked up other roles, picked up other jobs, myself included, that, um, you just got to try and make ends meet um, and make the most of your situation that you have. So, um, but just know that we appreciate that support, and um, you know we're thankful for everything that the CFLPA and the league has kind of kind of done to try and provide a little bit of assistance, along with you know the Canadian government, everything that they were they were going through there. So, um, you know, we're just trying to make it all work and um, get there to 2021, and hopefully we can get some football out on the field for everybody. Exactly, Cliff, take us home. All right. Well, Matt, I mean, this is this was definitely been an experience for sure. Uh, I mean, this certainly wasn't how we expected to be talking to you in 2020, but it is what it is. I mean, we, we, we just like you said, we just have to make the best of 
the situation and hope and pray that once 2021 comes along that you know it this whole thing just makes us you know i maybe appreciate things a little bit more makes us uh thankful when the cfl does get back up and mm-hmm. running again uh i guess what i want to ask is uh the floor is yours as far as being able to speak to Alouette's nation right now. Like let, let the fans know, you know, just what we can expect in 2021. Should things get back to as close to normal as possible. And the Alouettes are back on the field in 2021. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing is if you have an opportunity to be in that stadium for the first home game that we have football, um, do everything you can to be in there. Cause I know that energy just from the player standpoint is going to be off the charts. And I know the energy, if it was anything like it was last year at those home games, um, you know, the home playoff game, you know, the mm-hmm. games where we had the, had the light show going. I mean, all that was just incredible. So I, I think if you have the opportunity to be in that stadium for the first time um, in 2021, when we got football back, um, you got to be there because we're going to be putting out a product that, um, that we're going to make that city proud um, to be an Alouettes fan. And, know that we're all still working hard this off season. We're still putting our time in, we're still working out, we're still training. Um, we're still getting our bodies right so that we can plant the best of our ability and, and make it worth your, worth your trip up to, up to Molson there and, and have some fun on the mountain. I couldn't have put it better myself. That was, that's exact. That's gotta be the sentiment right now. Is I was just, about to say the, the team can't sell tickets, but use that day hey, owls. You can use that soundbite right there. Hey, I'll let him use it. I just might need a little bit something on the side there. <laughs> there you go. Best way to support your support your players. There you go. <laughs> and, and send Matt a mask. Exactly. Damn it. Yeah, send Matt a mask. Yeah, yeah. Send him his, send him nice his cards. Ones. <laughs> exactly. A little bit of that. And I'll, uh, I'll get you guys sent a card up there for you. Cool. Oh, well, Matt, we, we greatly appreciate it, man. Uh, obviously, we, we hope that you and your family stay healthy, stay safe, and... Uh, uh, we hope to talk to you very shortly, hopefully at, uh, at training camp very, very shortly. Awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on and, you know, saying to you guys and your family, stay healthy, stay safe. And, um, you know, hope to, hope to see you guys soon. Again, we want to thank Matt for joining us. Um, it's, you know, we, we tried to cliff ask him, you know, as much questions as we could try to make it a, a not necessarily all, all football related, try to, ask him certain things and then it's you know when it comes to the players now you know they really as you as you were asking him yourself you know you really can only look back on what the team did in 2019 but fortunately 2020 is a reality and there are many what ifs that could have been for this season as i said you know we're as we're taping this this was the week that we were supposed to go to edmonton that's right so yeah, you, know, you know, as yeah, long it, as it, he, he's he's healthy, that was the main thing, and, and we really appreciate his time. And, and as I said, we, we touched, touched on a bunch of su- uh, subjects. Oh, big time! And it's so good to be able to catch up with him. And like I said, we we'd like to get more players on to talk. And I know it's it's so tough right now. I think a lot of a lot of the sentiment I'm getting now is just like people are just kind of like lamenting the fact that there's no football and it's almost too depressing to talk about but i think we focus on things like just like especially to last year like just the incredible year that the alouettes had overall i mean there's so much positive to be taken from that and 
the fact that Matt, you get the impression that he wants to take what happened in 2019. Yeah, we're kind of on pause right now in 2020, but if God forbid we're able to get everything back to as close to normal as possible for 2021, just keep up that good momentum, keep up that that positive energy, and and just apply that to you know your football career in 2021 and beyond. I mean, how, how do you not be excited? How do you not have hope at least that this could possibly happen? And once again, we, we definitely appreciate Matt coming on to, you know, keep us abreast as to what's going on with him personally and just, you know, share a few things and about, you know, his thoughts on 2019. Cause he really did have by and large a very memorable season. Uh, like I said, there's a, you know, some peaks and some valleys here and there for him personally, but I think overall he can be very proud of what he did and, the fact that he still very much want, considers himself a part of this community and still wants very much to be the guy going forward in Montreal. I mean, that that speaks volumes as well. And I'll tell you what, folks, I mean, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I mean, this is if you're going to hitch your wagon up to somebody, this is what, a guy to do. it, And you, you can you will not be wasting your time nor your energy in doing so. Exactly. Um uh, as I don't know if you, if you happen to see on our social media accounts that we did, uh, we put out a, a poll if it came to a jacket or something that what size you would be. We, we finally we did get the results. Uh, XL seemed to be the landslide, but we're trying to keep everybody in mind. So we we don't know how we're going to do our our giveaway yet. It is going to be some sort of contest, but. Um, stay tuned to social media, uh, podcast, Cliff's, mine, and we're going to try to figure out how we're going to do this. Uh, yeah, because, uh, again, folks, even though it's, it's been kind of quiet, yeah, this is our first podcast in almost two months, but we still very much want to be a part of than, things. More we than still, two months. <laughs> I, yes, more than two months. But <laughs> <laughs> You want to get specific. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been tough sledding. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, and really, I mean, like it's just crummy circumstances all around. But yeah, you know, yeah. what, what what can you do about it? But we still very much want to be a part of things. We still want to be very much part of your lives, and we still want to be able to entertain you all as much as humanly possible. So we're still planning to have more more guests on the show to come and talk and just share all things Alouettes. And yeah, like we've got this promotion that we have in mind uh, for you, the listeners. Uh, by all means, stay tuned, stay subscribed to our our social media channels. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, however you listen to the show. Make sure you're paying attention. Make sure that you're you're still engaging with us because we still very much want to engage with you folks. And as I said, we, we've got some ideas that we we really want to make come to light. And as far as I'm concerned, like we're just limited by our imaginations. So we 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 really want to make things happen for you guys. We want to keep everybody still talking about the Alouettes. We still want to keep people excited about what's going to be coming in the future. So, folks, do stay tuned. I, we, we, we promise not to go every two months with a podcast. We're going to do what we can to make things a little more relevant, keep things a, a little more fresh. And uh, by, by all means, definitely stay tuned. No matter what else, stay tuned. Yeah. also want to give a quick plug at least because I know it, it – you know anything that can be can be done these days to help support uh, local businesses. Um, if you head over to the the Alouettes Boutique, um, they have a great selection of stuff in their liquidation, uh, and also I think they have a 
promo running. They have a promo running for the next couple of days where you get a, I think it's a football half off. But they also have some other, they actually have, do have some new merchandise. They just released two, two new toques. So uh, head over to the, to the boutique when you can. Just search, you know, Alouette's Boutique. Uh, or head over, I think it's boutique.alouettes.com or montrealalouettes.com, I think. I should know this, Cam. Um, <laughs> boutique.montrealalouettes.com. I think, I think. that's where you're going with. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Boutique.montrealalouettes.com. And as I said, there's some pretty good stuff over there from uh, from Cam and the guys. Because uh, they yeah, are open. They are open. So if you get your stuff bought and you're in the Montreal area, they're open every Fridays from uh, 11 to 4. So you can go yeah. pick it up. You can go pick it up and save the shipping. There you go. I mean, what what what, what, more, what more do you need, folks? <laughs> like you can still get swagged up Alouette style. Exactly. And you know the stuff is beautiful. You see it on the website. You see that stuff. Like, and then actually go into the store itself, be able to pick it up in person, be able to see everything live, be able yeah. to to touch it, look at it, hold it, try it on. Even I mean, dude. I mean, like, what more do you need? Get buying. Uh, also, Buy a, remind, yeah, a reminder too, by the way, to season ticket holders, depending on which tier you're in. If I'm not mistaken, I think your uh, your increased percentage that you get at the boutique, I think that expires on the 31st, if I remember correctly. So if you if you have been gift if you chose the right tier and you've been gifted. Uh, an extra percentage on top of what you normally get as a season ticket holder. I think it, ex- if I think it, it expires on October 31st. So make sure you head over there now again, support cam in the boutique. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll try to be back as soon as possible. Hopefully we'll hear some more news. Hopefully the CFL will start doing something. Cause it seems that the Alouettes are trying their damnedest to, uh, to put some some content out because they just tweeted a teaser that they're having coming up with something special with uh, two masked men. One was Ooh. Peter De La Riva. I could. Who was the other one? You know what? I, I instantly recognized Peter De La Riva, and I, it, it, it's so awful. I do not recognize the other <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't either. That's the problem. Oh, I should. Yeah, we 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 should, but. Man, out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah. Well, no. On mask, on mask, have no clue. <sighs> I think it's what it is. Yeah, but you can yeah. tell. But you can tell it's Peter. Of course. So yeah. So the Elwets, like I said, they're they're putting out content. Uh, you, you go on. Uh, they're doing the replays uh, of. You know, games from last year on Facebook Live. I believe it's every Wednesday. So, I mean, like they're they're doing their part too to keep keep their you know keep keep up uh, keep up appearances, um, stay relevant. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So we can do our part as well, and is that's that, that's is the that plan. Sunny, is, is that Sunny Wade? I'm looking at it now. Seriously, this is. I'm awful. trying to think. I, of, I, I know this is so bad doing it on the podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, please. Okay, you know what? At us, because I, I wish I, I wish I knew. I think it might, maybe it, because I'm trying to think what Alouette's players and a lot of alums do live in the Montreal area. Mm-hmm. So, throw us a bone, Alouette's. <laughs> something. I feel bad. 
I should know this. I feel terrible. Yeah. So we hope to speak with you guys very soon. Um, Main thing is wear a mask, stay safe, and stay... uh, Just keep an eye on our social media and uh, we'll keep you guys up to date. Yeah. like So we've got lots of projects in the pipeline. They'll come to fruition all in due time and we, we cannot wait to share that with all of you. So yeah, stay safe, wear a mask, be healthy, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's that's really all there is to it. Exactly. I mean, just... All right. So for everybody here at the Alex Flight Take for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Ron, final approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white north. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.